wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out and leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. You have a problem with logical, objective truth that challenges your feelings and emotions. If this is you, this is toxic feminine energy. Stayallday.com. Pretty exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreOlDay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. You're now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative. That's the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself. It's going to make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is toxic femininity. Yes, not toxic masculinity, toxic femininity. And we're going to get into this one. Yeah, we're going to get deep into this one in one moment. But before we do that, let me tell you one. I have a daily motivation text message that I send out every single day, a text message line from which I send a daily motivation to everyone who's in my community. This message is guaranteed to keep you focused, sharp, and on point. So if you want to receive this message, and I don't see any reason why you would not, text me at my number right now, 305-384-6894, and let me know you want to receive that message. Tomorrow, next one when I send out, since you're in the community, you'll be getting it. Also, you can text me. You will text me. I'll tell you at the end of this episode, I'll remind you. Text me and tell me the best insight you got from today's masterclass. Secondly, Work On Your Game University is the place where you can take the next step with me. So if you listen to this show, you like it, you want to know how you can go to the next level in your game with me. My coaching programs are at the university. All my courses are in the university. I send out two physical mailings every month. Those are also in the university. I'm not talking about books, but my physical bulletproof bulletin and my masterclass black book. I send those out every single month to members of the university. So if you are not subscribed to those, go to workonyourgameuniversity.com and you have three options. You can be coached by me directly. You can get access to all the courses. And you have the option of just subscribing to get those two physical mailings every month. So you got three choices there. Again, they're all on one page at workonyourgameuniversity.com. So now let's get into the topic. Topic, once again, is toxic femininity. Now, looking at this title, many of you might think that this is about women. It's kind of, but it's not really. <laughs> so that's what you might think that since it's called toxic femininity, it might be about women, but it's not really. It's about femininity, which can be all humans have a little bit of feminine 
and masculine within them. So toxic femininity does not necessarily have to be about women. I've talked about this a few times. Most recently was episodes number, let me go back here and tell you, episode number 2039, Worst Traits of Feminized Men was episode 2039. And I talked about the feminization of sports. I did a six-part series on this, episodes 2200 through 2205. And talked about masculinity also in several episodes. Episode 1863, How We Bring Masculinity Back. Episode 1841, The Emasculation of Men. Episode number 1744, When to Engage Your Toxic Masculinity. And also, When to Be an Asshole. In episode 2376, most recently, why we need masculinity more than ever. So now that you have that background, I gave you, what was that? 11 different episodes where you can look into where I've talked about this stuff in the past. Now let's get into where toxic femininity comes from, what this is about, and why I'm talking about it, and how you can catch either yourself or others in their toxic feminine. Point number one, topic again today is toxic femininity. First of all, Toxic femininity is not the exclusive domain of females, the same way that toxic masculine energy is not the exclusive domain of men. A woman can be in her toxic masculine. You, maybe you have seen this before. As a matter of fact, seeing this toxic feminine energy in so many males is one of the reasons why I'm talking about it. It's not only females that I've seen it, and I've seen it in males as well. And I'm going to be honest with you all. I have a very strong aversion to feminized energy in men. When I see feminine energy in men, it bothers me. And it's something that I will point out. And I'll point it out in many men directly to their faces that they're in their feminine energy. And many times in my experience, what I've found is that when men get themselves too often into their feminine energy, it's often men who growing up did not have a masculine presence in their lives. They didn't have a a father around. They were raised by women most of the time. So they were modeling feminine energy because that's all they saw around them. Thus, they don't know what masculine energy looks or feels like, or they didn't know. So for all the men out there listening right now, if you have children, please be a father to your children, specifically your sons. They need you so that we have fewer and fewer of these feminized men running around that trigger discussions like what we're going to have today. And also you got to be a father to your daughters because your daughters need to know what a masculine man looks like. And by omission, they will punish the feminized men. When they get old enough to date, they'll stay away from the feminized men by not giving them any attention. And that will punish them. And hopefully that punishment will kind of extinguish the behavior of feminine energy. So basically natural selection. (laughs) All right. These feminized men will die out and the feminine energy will die out. So all the males out there who have kids, it is your job to set the example as the father. I don't care if your kids are male or female, because if they're females, again, they need to know what masculine energy looks like so they can choose it. And if they're males, they need to know what masculine energy looks like so they can be it. All right. It is your job to set that example. So now, now that we laid that foundation, let's get into these traits of toxic femininity. Point number two, today's topic, once again, is toxic feminine energy, toxic femininity. Number two, here's how you know that you are in your toxic feminine, because this is something that you can go into and come out of. So this is not like your whole life doesn't have to be this. But in my experience, from what I've seen, There are people who continually demonstrate and display these traits, but you can be in your toxic feminine one minute and then you can go back to masculine energy another minute or just regular femininity. If you're a female, you usually go back to regular, normal, let's call it, what would I call it? It's a congenial femininity. Let's call it that. And you could be there one minute, you could be in your toxic femininity. It's a hard word to say fast. The next minute. So here's one trait of it. You have a problem with logical, objective truth that challenges your feelings and emotions. 
Let me say that again. You have a problem with logical, objective truth that challenges your feelings and emotions. If this is you, this is toxic feminine energy. Now, I want you to understand that when someone throws a logical, objective truth at you that challenges your feelings and emotions, it will lead to some discomfort. All right, that happens with everybody. All right, my background as an athlete meant that I had been coached by a lot of different coaches, some good, some bad, some with great communication skills, some with poor communication skills. But one thing is for sure that they all communicated. Any of you who has played a sport or is in the midst of playing a sport or you are a coach in a sport or you are a parent of a athlete who is playing a sport, they are being coached and they're being told things by their coaches that they don't always want to hear. And it will make you uncomfortable, at least for a period of time. The question is, in the long run, the medium run, let's call it, not even a long run, the long run could be years, but in the medium run, maybe in the moment when you hear it, it might make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. But like three days later, can you say, all right, you know what? The coach is right. What they said was correct. Or maybe an hour later or maybe five minutes later, you can say the coach was right. And what they said, they are right that I'm not you know, showing up in practice the way I'm supposed to. I didn't do my job there. I did mess up. It's right there on film. I can see it. All right. Can you accept the fact that what that person said to you, though it made you uncomfortable, was actually accurate and true? If you can't do this and you have a problem with the fact that someone told you a logical, objective truth because it challenged your feelings and it challenged your emotions and you have just decided that you're going to completely reject it because it challenged your feelings and emotions, even though it's true, or you're in your toxic feminine. This is toxic feminine energy. The funny thing is, again, I see this behavior distributed about 50-50, evenly between males and females these days. This is not limited to just women. There are people out there just blatantly ignoring objective truths and facts that are laid in front of them simply because those truths and facts are in conflict with the beliefs that that person woke up with that particular day. So you have certain beliefs that you decided this is what you believe, even though it may not be based in any type of truth, or at least you, well, maybe you think it is, but it's actually not. And then when it's proven to you that it's not, you decide that you're going to reject the truth because it goes against what you have decided to believe or what you have believed for the last 10 years. This is toxic feminine energy. The thing is, I can accept it when a female does it, in some way. I can somewhat accept when a female does this because when a female is in her toxic energy, these are the kind of things that naturally occur. Same way that when a man is in his toxic energy, there are things that naturally occur. A man will seek to become dominant, become argumentative, and you know, some way aggressive, passively, physically, verbally. This is what men do when they get into their toxic energy. It's a normal thing. So I'll give you an example, not of the normal toxic energy, but when a... Actually, let me back up. What I don't want to see is a woman getting into toxic masculine energy. Like, I don't want to see a woman walking around, stomping around like she wants to get in a physical fight with a person. All right. That is not, I don't want to see that. <laughs> All right. That's a woman carrying herself as if she's a man. All right. That's not okay. And I don't want to see a man carrying himself like he's a woman getting into his toxic feminine. If a man gets into toxic masculine, I get it because everybody can go into those stages at different times. We all have energies, we all have emotions and feelings. And sometimes we go into our toxic. All of us do. But I just don't want to see a woman getting into a man's toxic. And I don't want to see a man getting into a woman's toxic. That doesn't make sense. That goes against the natural order. So let me give you an example. I remember I was talking to someone about we were having a conversation about the murder rate happening in the United States. And I shared with this person that the murder rate in the United States for black folks, black on black murder is equal to the murder rate for white on white murder. And that is actually a fact. I wrote about this in one of my articles uh, months ago. And this person who I was talking to, who was a black male, I will say that and gives context to this. They said 
they don't believe the stats. They said, I reject these stats. I don't believe these stats. And their reasoning was that the government can make up statistics. This is what this person said. This is toxic feminine energy. All right. So this is actual data. And I'm talking to this person on the phone while this conversation is happening. And I sent this person a link with the actual data straight from the government's website with the actual data right there in front of them that they could see for themselves. And it was very easy to understand data. This was one of those complicated charts that you had to have a PhD to understand. This is a very simple to read chart. And this person said, well, I reject that data because the government can make up stats. What about the dead bodies? <laughs> All right, for the government to give you some stats, if they gave you stats on drug use, right, but it's possible you can question that because how do they know how many people are actually using a drug? But the murder rate, all right, the only way you can log a murder is there has to be a dead body. All right, they can't make up a dead body. But this person decided that because they had already come up with a belief in their mind that the biggest challenge to a black person's life was a cop or a white person, and then they got shown data that went completely against what they had decided to believe. They said, well, I'm going to completely reject this truthful, factual information because my belief says something different. This is toxic feminine energy. This is a man and his toxic feminine. All right. That's an example of this. So anytime you get faced with a logical and objective truth, especially one that is proven in black and white to your face, and you decide that you're going to reject it because it makes you emotionally uncomfortable, check yourself. You are in your toxic feminine. And especially if you're a man, uh, you really need to check yourself because you're going against the natural order. And when things get out of order, when we get chaos, we get more entropy in a place. That's when standards start to get thrown out the window. And then we get all kinds of trouble that goes with that it's a chain reaction effect. Point number three. Today's topic, once again, is we are talking about toxic femininity. Number three is your feelings matter more than the facts, kind of like what we just talked about. So the person who I was talking to came into the conversation, going back to that example that I just gave you, they came into the conversation with some preconceived beliefs about what they thought things were when it came to the, the particular topic we were talking about. And when they got thrown some information in their face that they could have found out on their own because the information is freely available on the Internet. I found it with one simple Google search. When they got thrown some information in their face that went against what they had decided to believe, instead of just saying, oh, well, thank you for sharing that. I didn't know that. Let me consider that. No, I never thought of that. I didn't. I had never been privy to this information. Damn, this changes my perspective on things. That's what they should have said. No, had they been a critical thinker, they would have said this. But this person wasn't a critical thinker. Again, they were a toxic feminine person. And usually those are diametrically opposed. This person instead said, well, I just don't believe that. That was their phrase. I don't believe it. Well, a fact doesn't care if you believe it or not. See, that's the thing about facts. It's not about whether you believe it. It's it's there. A fact is not to be believed. Opinions are to be believed and your perspective is to be believed. Facts are not to be believed. They're black and white. They are self-evident. They don't care what your feelings are about them. This is why facts matter more than feelings. And I believe I have an episode of the show where I talked about this. Of course I do. Episode 2159, facts don't care about your feelings. In episode 1407, I talked about how in discourse these days, subjective opinions started to matter more than facts. You should listen to both of those episodes so you understand both sides of the the conversation. It was about two years apart that I did those two episodes. If you find yourself ignoring facts so that you can defer to your feelings, you are in your toxic feminine. Now, I want you to understand that feelings and emotions do matter. We're human beings. We all have them. But in a performance and results-based business, like life, everyone, whether male or female, you must know when to put your feelings aside and focus on the facts that are in front of you. Because if you always go with your feelings, again, what we're going to get is 
higher and higher levels of disorder and chaos, also known as entropy, because everybody's just going off of their feelings and emotions. If everybody went off their feelings and emotions, I mean, any of you have children? Or you ask your kids, what do they want for dinner? They probably want ice cream and pancakes and candy. All right. If you just let them go off their feelings all the time and didn't go off the facts of, hey, you need to eat some actual whole foods and a balanced meal so you can have big, strong bones you can actually grow. Well, we have all kinds of problems going on in the world. And again, that's just an example. But just think about this. When's the last time some facts made you really uncomfortable because your feelings told you one thing, but the facts told you a different thing? Here's the question. What'd you do? How did you respond to that? How did you respond to the discomfort of a fact telling you that your feelings were actually inaccurate? Your feelings were leading you in the wrong direction. What did you do? Did you just completely ignore the facts and say, well, I'm just going to go with what I feel? And again, there are times when it actually makes sense to do this, but there are times when it doesn't. And this is where wisdom comes in. This is where you have to have the discernment of knowing, okay, I'm going to throw the facts to the wind and I'm going to follow my gut in this situation. There are times to follow your gut, but there are also times when you should not follow your gut. There are times when you got to look at the facts and say, okay, well, this is what's real here. Let's focus on this. Let's work off this angle right here. And one thing that I know for sure from just from conversations that I have with people who are in my world, one of the things that draws people into the work on your game world, draws people into me with the message and the way that I communicate things is the fact that I'll talk about things that are objectively true and can be logically and reasonably proven that fly in the face of what many people want to feel or what many people want to emote what their emotions are telling them. And again, it's not that the emotions and feelings don't matter. It's just you have to know when to put them aside. If you are running a business, for example, and your advertising campaigns are costing you more money than they are producing, how you feel about the advertisement itself does not matter more than the fact that you're going to go broke if you keep running these ads that are not converting and making you enough money. All right. Your feelings about the ad isn't changing the fact that you're losing money. There's this scene in the TV show, The Office, where this guy, Michael Scott, he was the main character of the show. He had started his own company, sales company. And his company was basically the way they were competing and getting a lot of customers was by undercutting their competitors on price. And The the Office was a, a comedy show, by the way. So they're undercutting their competitors on price. So they had all of these customers because the competitors were coming to them for the cheaper prices. The problem was the prices at which Michael Scott's paper company was selling their product The prices were so low that they were losing money on every sale. So even though they had a bunch of customers, they were actually selling themselves out of business. This is a real thing that happens. Any of you who's ever worked in actually any industry where there is a hard cost to every product being sold, you've probably seen this before to where actually making more sales would actually hurt your business more than it helps the business because your products are not priced properly or people didn't properly account for how much it actually costs to get a product out the door. Any of you ever, ever worked in, let's say, food service, for example, is a good place where you can see this. People don't actually know the cost of their food. So actually, the more customers they serve, the more money they lose. And they actually can sell. You can actually sell your way out of business in this way. So this is what Michael Scott was doing on this, again, comedy TV show called The Office. He was selling his way out of business. So he's sitting with his accountant and Michael says, well, how are we doing? And the accountant says, well, you're about to go broke. You're about to be insolvent. You are losing money every single day. Every time you make a sale, you're losing money. And Michael Scott said he was incredulous. He said, well, how could we possibly be losing money? We have all of these customers. We have all of these accounts. We're selling this much of our product. How is it possible that we're losing money? It doesn't make any sense. And the accountant told him what I just told you. He said, well, your prices are so low that every time you make a sale, you are losing money because it costs you more to produce and ship the product than you are actually making on the on the transaction. 
And Michael said, and again, remember, this is a comedy show. Michael said, that doesn't make sense. Crunch the numbers again. And the accountant, the, the angle that you're seeing is you're looking over the shoulder of the accountant. And so you can see his computer screen and Michael Scott sitting across from him. Michael, the, the business owner, sitting across from the accountant. And the accountant says, well, it's a spreadsheet. There's no numbers to crunch. And Michael interrupts him and yells at him and says, crunch the numbers, crunch the numbers. And the accountant just hits the space bar on his computer and says, crunch. <laughs> and the numbers are exactly the same. He's like, Michael, you're about to go out of business. So the whole point is, this is how many people live their entire lives. Now, The Office was a fictional TV show that was made to be funny. All right. You are not living in a fictional TV show that's made to be funny, but you are doing the exact thing Michael Scott was doing on this show. You're putting your feelings above the actual facts of the situation. All right. There is some nuance to the point of what I just explained there. Like, let's say your ads are costing you money, because if you always go off of what is objectively in front of you, well, then we would not have a lot of invention in life. There would be no need for entrepreneurship. There'd be no heroes' journeys of people who faced insurmountable odds and ended up becoming successful. So there are times where you got to look at the facts of a situation and say, well, forget the facts. I'm going to do this anyway. And you actually make it work. At the same time, you got to be wise enough to know when to ignore them, put your feelings aside, and when to submit. Uh, you got to make choices about this. And this is wisdom. There's a fine line between them. So for example, your host, there was a time when I was trying to make it as a pro athlete and the facts of the situation, the reality, quote unquote, of the situation said that it probably was not going to happen and it wouldn't have made sense for me to try. But the objective reality, the objective reality said I was going against heavy odds. I knew that and I decided to go for it anyway. Right, that's the decision that I made. And the bottom line is the only reason why that example became a success story is because I ended up being successful. But there are plenty of people who face those exact same odds as me in the same space or in different spaces, same level of odds, and ended up failing. They did not succeed. They did not become a success story. And they don't have a podcast talking about it. And the whole point is the end of the story determines whether you're a hero or an idiot. All right. That's pretty much how it works in life. All right. And I talked about this in episode 12, 11. The difference between vision and delusion is the end of the story. You don't know what the end of the story is going to be when you first start out. So when you're looking at a situation and there's a 2% chance of you succeeding, then 98% chance of you failing. If you go for it and you fail, well, you just become a statistic. If you go for it and you succeed, you become a story and you get to tell everybody how you succeeded on only a 2% chance. And I talked about this in my book, Work On Your Game. In life, there are times you, where you face this inflection point. You can either become a story or you can become a statistic. But understand, the only people who get to tell their story are the people who end up winning. Everybody else ends up a statistic. Out of every 100 people who face that situation, 98 of them fail. 2% of them succeed. The 2% go out and they preach to everybody else about how they succeeded on 2% odds and they get another 2,000 people to go try. Well, guess what? Most of those people ain't succeeding. That's how it goes. And so I just want y'all to understand this is just the game of life. End of story determines whether you're a hero or a fool. Point number four. Today's topic, once again, is toxic femininity, catching yourself in it if you are in it. Number four, it's heavy use of what we call sign language. And for this term, sign language, I have to give a hat tip to a guy by the name of Kevin Samuels. Now, Kevin Samuels was a guy who was on YouTube. He has since passed away. He passed away in uh, around the spring of 2022. But Kevin Samuels was a guy I came across on YouTube who his material was really based around talking about relationships. It's pretty much what he was talking about. And one of the things that he talked about was how many women, when they were challenged, they would default to what he called sign language, which stands for shame, insults, guilt, and the need to be right. S-I-G-N, shame, insults, guilt, and the need to be right. He's the first person I heard use that. I don't know if he made it up. I had to give him credit because that's where I got it from. 
when you put a person's back to the wall, and this applies to men as well, when you put a person's back to the wall with objective reality and actual facts, it is very rare that somebody submits to what's in front of them and admits that they actually might be wrong. I think we just talked about this in yesterday's episode when I talked about confronting your rational lies. Again, how often do you have somebody say to you, you know what? You're right. I'm wrong. You got the objective facts. I'm in my feminine energy right now. Let me check myself. Let me chill out. I'm wrong. How often do you have have had somebody say that to you? When's the last time you heard somebody say that? Very rarely does that happen. So what people usually do is they go into some form of sign language. Like I said, you get people fighting back by using the only tools at their disposal. And since none of those tools at their disposal, when you have the facts on your side and objective reality on your side, they don't have any facts on their side. So what do they do? They go towards emotion. So they try to shame you for pointing out the facts. That's the shame. That's the S in sign language. They shame you for pointing out something that may make them feel uncomfortable, or they try to make you feel guilty for telling them the actual truth. Uh, You're harming me by telling me the truth. You're hurting me. You're body shaming me by telling me that I'm 30 pounds overweight. Your body, that's guilt. They insult you of a way of fighting fire with fire. So instead of actually addressing the point in front of you, they try to make it about you and they try to change the subject or the need to be right. They'll change the subject to find a way to make themselves right by any means necessary. Like this person who told me, well, I reject the data that you just showed me coming straight from the United States government because the government can just make up stats. So they're just trying to make themselves right, even though they couldn't tell me how the government made up all the dead bodies that compiled the statistics. All right. These are forms of sign language. Shame, insults, guilt, and need to be right. So when Mr. Samuels passed away, because he became very popular amongst a certain percentage of the population, because he was talking about relationships the way that he was, and he would have people call into his show, and he would talk to them live on YouTube, and well, it would be on Zoom, but he would record it, and they would put it on YouTube and all this stuff. And he would talk to people live, and oftentimes he'd be talking to women, and he would point out their sign language, and he would point out their nonsense and their bullshit, and he would ask them pointed questions that basically left them no option but to admit that, well, they wouldn't admit it, but he would just undress them and their bullshit in front of everybody, in front of their audiences, and sometimes embarrass some of these women. When he passed away, I noticed that a lot of people had negative things to say about him. And when I was looking into the things that people were saying, I noticed that the common refrain about him, and there's some people who are listening to this show who I've spoken to, who have said this very thing that I'm about to tell you, The common refrain about him from people who had negative things to say about Kevin Samuels was that they didn't like his delivery. They didn't like the way that he would say things. And I admit that Kevin Samuels was the way that he would say things was very direct. It was very masculine the way that he would say things. And he's talking to females. It's not like a man talking to a man. It's a man talking to a woman. So he would talk to them in a very direct way. If women start going into their bullshit, he would cut them off and catch them in their bullshit and point out their bullshit to everybody in the audience and to them. And he was just very direct. He wouldn't let people kind of talk in circles and he would catch them in their nonsense. And if you came when there was some bullshit, he would call you and you're bullshit. But what I noticed when people were talking about him after he passed, nobody had anything negative to say about the actual points that he was making. Nobody ever said that he was factually wrong about anything that he was saying because he would bring up actual data. He would make logical arguments. He would have rational points. He would make nobody ever said that he was wrong in his points. Nobody said that he was factually incorrect. Nobody said that he was illogical in his arguments. All they did was challenge the way that he delivered their points. What is that? Sign language. Shame, insults, guilt, and it need to be right. Nobody actually had anything to say about the actual subject of what he was saying. They were challenging the person instead of challenging the point. And I did an episode on this. This was episode number. Let me see what that was. That was episode number. I know I did talk about this. It was episode. No, 
Number 2040, judge the point, not the person. If a person makes a point that you disagree with and your default reaction is to start attacking the person because you don't like what they said, well, again, that's sign language. That is, you're in your toxic feminine at that point. You're attacking the person when what made you uncomfortable was not the person. What made you uncomfortable was the point. Challenge the point. If the point is inaccurate, then prove that the point's inaccurate. But if the point's accurate and it just made you uncomfortable, then you need to figure out why. Don't attack the person as a way of saving face. And this is what I saw a lot of people doing after Mr. Samuels passed away. They were not challenging his actual points. They were challenging the way he delivered the points or trying to find something about him personally to attack, which had nothing to do with what he was talking about. See, if you reject an objective truth because you don't like the way it was delivered to you, you're in your toxic feminine energy. And when I played sports, this would happen often. I mean, I dealt with a lot of coaches. I dealt with some coaches who are very harsh and abrasive in their communication styles, the way they would say things to players. And I heard some coaches say some things they probably shouldn't have said to players that they probably couldn't get away with saying to players these days, but they could get away with it 20 years ago. And sometimes the coaches would say things to players that weren't even that. It wasn't anything crazy about what the coach was saying. But these players, because they didn't know how to objectively look at themselves, they would get into their toxic feminine whenever they were challenged by the coach or whenever they were called out in front of everyone by the coach. And they would go into their toxic feminine because they just didn't like how something was said or maybe they didn't like the words that were chosen. And that might have been the very thing that kept them from getting to their success because they couldn't deal with being coached. They couldn't deal with somebody telling them something about themselves that didn't make them feel good, but would have helped them do good. How often have you heard me say that? I've seen many athletic careers derailed because of this inability. This starts with upbringing, folks. This starts with what's happening at home. Do you have people at home who can tell you something about yourself that you need to hear, not just what you want to hear? Do you have a father at home who can tell you something, males? So that when you go out into the world and a male tells you something like a boss, like a teacher, like a coworker, like a police officer, like a coach tells you something. Are you used to having a male tell you something that you need to hear, not what you want to hear so that you don't react as if you don't have any sense just because you heard a male say something to you. You never had a male say anything to you before. This is why it matters that men do their jobs at home so that when young males grow up and go out into the world, they know how to respond, not react, but respond when they hear something from another man. So this doesn't begin when you're 25. This begins when you're two. This begins as a child. But it's a different conversation we're going to maybe on a different day. Let's recap today's class, which is about toxic femininity. This is not really about women. Point number one, toxic femininity is not the exclusive domain of females. As a matter of fact, it's because I see it in so many men. That's actually where it came from. And it's coming from a lot of men who were raised without. They were devoid of a masculine presence in their lives. So all they know is how to react like females because that's all they saw growing up. So they go out into the world and they become adults and they're doing the exact same thing. All you had to do is put them in a stressful situation and a toxic feminine comes out of them immediately. Point number two, how will you know you're a toxic feminine? Number one, number one way you know, this is point number two, you have a problem with logical, objective truth that challenges your feelings and emotions. When you do this, you are in your toxic feminine. And I see this distributed about 50-50 between males and females. I do not want to see a woman getting into toxic masculine energy. I don't want to see a man getting into toxic feminine energy. It disturbs the natural order and it increases the chaos and disorder in the universe. Point number three, your feelings matter more than your facts, more than the facts, or you ignore facts and defer to your feelings simply because your feelings make you feel good. You're running a business and something is not working, it's costing you money. All right, you're either going to fix that or you're going to go broke and you're going to go out of business. All right. So there are times in life when you can ignore the facts and just go with your gut, go with your instincts. And as long as you prove yourself right, you become a 
you become a success story. But if you fail, and there's a good chance that you will fail, you become a statistic and everybody forgets about you. This is a choice that you get to make. Your discernment is what determines which one you do. There are plenty of people who faced steep odds and succeeded. And there are many more. There are probably a hundred times more. For every one who does, there are about a hundred who don't. They end up failing. All right. So the end of the story determines whether you're a hero or an idiot. Number four, heavy use of sign language. Shame, insults, guilt, and the need to be right. These are your defense mechanisms. When you hear something that you don't like, instead of actually addressing the point, you start attacking the person. You shame them for pointing out a truth. You insult them as a way of changing the subject. You use guilt as a way of making them feel bad for pointing out an actual truth or the need to be right. You change the subject to something that you can actually be right about so you can feel better about the situation when feeling better about the situation is not going to actually help you. You reject an objective truth because you don't like the way it was delivered to you. You're in your toxic feminine and being in your toxic feminine will hold you back from the success that you could get if you would actually listen to what's being presented to you because it will probably help you do good, even though in the moment it may not help you feel good. All said, text me, tell me the best insight you got from today's class. My number is 305-384-6894 and go to workonyourgameuniversity.com. It's the next thing you can do where you can start working with me directly. My coaching programs are there. All of my courses from bulletproof mindset to people skills to next mission course to 30 days of discipline. You get lifetime access to all of that stuff as a member of the university. And you'll be getting every month my two physical mailings, the Bulletproof Bulletin and the Masterclass Black Book as a member of the university. Again, you can join at workonyourgameuniversity.com. Work on your game. Dre all day. I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused, and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text, just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number, 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone free of charge, 305-384-6894.